Welcome back to This Week in Video Games and this is the News Roundup, giving you all the latest video game news you need to know in just 10 minutes. If you find this useful, then like, share and subscribe on YouTube and your favourite podcast app. Links are down below in the description and the show notes. Well, it's Sunday, the 5th of April 2020, so let's get into the news. So first up, we've got the BAFTA Game Awards and the Outer Wilds wins Best Game. This comes from Stephen Powell from the BBC. So action-adventure game The Outer Wilds has won the prestigious Best Game prize at the 16th annual BAFTA Game Awards. The title's writer Kelsey Beecham credits it to his players saying, Word of mouth has been essential in getting people to play the game. You are all really beautiful. The game, where you explore a distant galaxy under threat from an exploding star, claimed three awards in total. It also won the Best Design and Original Property categories. It was a successful night for role-playing detective game Disco Elysium, which picked up three awards, winning the Best Music, Debut Game and Best Narrative categories. This year's award ceremony had to be pre-recorded because of coronavirus restrictions. Host Dar O'Brien pulled the strings from his house with every nominee required to submit a winner's speech, just in case they won. There was disappointment for mysterious adventure game Control. It had 11 nominations going into the event and they only won one. Call of Duty Mobile won the EE Mobile Game of the Year award, the only award to be voted by the public. Best British Game was awarded to sci-fi thriller Observation and John McKellen, its creative director, said winning a BAFTA is a huge thing. What it's done for us is give us the confidence to know we're doing something right. To have that seal of approval after being judged by your peers is a big confidence booster. John also discussed how the coronavirus crisis could impact gaming in the near future. Pre-recording and acceptance speech is probably one of the weirdest things I've ever done. This industry is kind of lucky because we can do the majority of work from our home, but there are some aspects that will be impacted. Things like motion capture and voiceover recording can't really happen at the moment. We can't get around some things which I think are going to have a big ripple effect over the next six months. Japanese game designer Hideo Kojima, creator of the Metal Gear franchise, was honoured with the BAFTA Fellowship, the highest accolade the organisation can give. The fellowship recognised exceptional contributions to the gaming industry. In an emotional video message, he dedicated the prize to his parents, saying, My determination is stronger than ever. For the rest of my life, I will continue to devote myself to creating for others. Games are holding their own next to films, or perhaps fusing together with them, evolving into a huge medium of digital entertainment. His latest release, Death Stranding, was nominated for 11 awards and won only one award for technical achievement. The game was Kojima's first release since leaving former employer Konami to set up his own studio. So the full BAFTA winners include Animation, we've got Luigi's Mansion 3, Artistic Achievement was Sayonara Wild Hearts, Audio Achievement was Ape Out, British Game was Observation, Debut Game was Disco Elysium, Evolving Game, Path of Exile, Family Game was Untitled Goose Game, Game Beyond Entertainment that was Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Write To, Game Design went to Outer Wilds, Multiplayer was Apex Legends, Music went to Disco Elysium, Narrative also Disco Elysium, Original Property was Outer Wilds, Performer in a Leading Role was Gonzalo Martin for Life is Strange, Performer in a supporting role was Marty Suosalo from Control. Technical achievement was Death Stranding. Mobile game of the year was Call of Duty Mobile. And the best game overall, as we said before, was Outer Wilds. Well, next up in the news, 80 Days Dev reveals King Arthur-inspired strategic narrative adventure Pendragon. This one comes out of Eurogamer from Matt Wales. 
a friend of the show, Inkle Studios, the developer behind the wonderful 80 Days in Heaven's Vault, has finally unveiled its next project. It's called Pendragon and it's described as a strategic narrative adventure inspired by Arthurian legend. So Pendragon unfolds in the year AD 673 with Camelot on the verge of destruction. The Fellowship of the Round Table is in disarray thanks to Sir Modra's deceit. And it's up to you to assemble a ragtag band of knights, heroes and peasants, traverse the treacherous Britain of the Dark Ages and hopefully lend your assistance to King Arthur on the other side. Will Sir Lancelot be reunited with Guinevere? Will she spurn him or embrace him, tease Inkle? If you're familiar with Inkle's illustrious back catalogue, it won't come as much of a surprise to learn that Pendragon promises a rich story adventure full of love, suspicion, revenge, sacrifice and murder. And that aims to deliver something new with every playthrough. It sounds like quite a departure for the studio in many ways too, incorporating deeply strategic turn-based combat at its core, with players facing the likes of bandits, brutish knights and deadly creatures as they traverse the randomised game board. You've got a choice of leads for every playthrough, each offering their own story impacting personalities. Morgana Le Fay is said to be treacherous, for instance, while Queen Guinevere is haunted by her mistakes. And Pendragon's narrative, which plays out directly on the battlefield, is shaped by your decisions as well as those of your opponents. Will you slip around your enemies or encounter them head on? And when sacrifices are required, who will you put in harm's way? Inkle's previous outings have been utterly sublime, so there's every reason to allow yourself some mounting excitement in the run-up to Pendragon's release on Steam this summer. So next up in the news, Chucklefish reveal new look for Witchbrook, and this one comes from Game Informer by Matt Miller. So Chucklefish has made a name for itself with some high-quality releases including Starbound and Wargroove, and it's also known for having stepped into complete publishing duties on the wildly popular Stardew Valley. The UK game studio has more recently made waves with its announcement of Witchbrook, which many observers have described being a cross between Stardew Valley and the Harry Potter series. After a good deal of enthusiasm around the initial announcement, Chucklefish has remained very quiet on the project for some months. The reason for that now seems clear as the game has seen a dramatic facelift and is supporting a new isometric art style. Chucklefish described the game as a magical school and town life simulator and players control witch in training as they seek to hone their abilities, go to classes and eventually aim to graduate. At the same time, your magical avatar may also fish, grow crops, with the aid of magic of course, and track down reagents like mushrooms. In short, it seems as if the game will focus on spell casting with an equal focus on figuring out a date for the prom. So Chucklefish is both developing and publishing Witchbrook and today launched a new website for the game. No platform has been announced yet and we also don't have a release date. Chucklefish also highlights it's a no crunch studio under the belief that it results in better games and healthier developers so we may have a wait before we can launch into our own magical school careers. Well next up in the news, woman who played 4,000 hours of Animal Crossing, New Leaf, finally starts New Horizons. And this one comes from Kotaku.com from Ethan Gatch. So after playing 4,000 hours of Animal Crossing New Leaf, 88-year-old Audrey at long last embarks on a deserted island getaway in Animal Crossing New Horizons. The last time we saw her, she was diligently checking on the villagers of her New Leaf town and tending to her huge flower garden. Now she's returned along with her grandson, indie game developer Paul Hubens, in a new video to share her thoughts on the opening moments of the game. She got the orange airport and the peaches and of course named her character Audie, the same name as her mayor in the town of New Leaf. 
When the game first launched, players noticed that New Horizons had its own new villager name named Audi, and speculated that the Nintendo localization team had named the peppy pink wolf after Audrey. But Audrey remained skeptical, saying that in the video she didn't know for sure if it was really supposed to be a reference to her or not. She seemed pretty amused about it, but confused as to why they made her a wolf, Hubens told Eurogamer in an interview. I told her it might be a reference to Goldilocks, where the grandmother is actually a wolf. But I get the feeling it's more of a localization choice by Nintendo of America employees that wanted to give a nod to Gran. Audrey, who's by now put over 4,300 hours into New Leaf, is most excited about New Horizons' new pole vaulting mechanic. I'd like to jump over the ditch with the stick, she said. <laughs> <laughs> when she asked what she's looking forward to the most. <laughs> Though she was hesitant about possibly messing up and falling in by accident. Hubens assured her the game wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but I don't think for a second this means Audrey's finally finished with New Leaf. I don't want to give up on my flowers, she said in the video, and is determined to split her time between both games going forward. Oh dear. Well, next up in the news, Valorant Closed Beta begins in April, and this one comes out of IGN UK from Matt Perslow. So Riot Games, they've announced that it's running a closed beta of Valorant, the upcoming PvP FPS from the League of Legends studio. So Valorant Closed Beta will operate in Europe, Canada, the United States, Russia and Turkey, and may roll out in further territories based on the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's going to begin on April the 7th, which is on Tuesday. So Riot is running Valorant Closed Beta in collaboration with Twitch and you'll need both a Riot account and a Twitch account to take part. You need to link your accounts and when the Closed Beta goes live you need to watch a Valorant stream. Watching these provides the opportunity to be entitled for Closed Beta access according to the press release from Riot. And it appears that watching the streams is not a guarantee of access to the beta. So far there's no word on when the beta will transition from a closed beta, but many games open up their betas in the weeks or months leading up to full release. Riot intends to release Valorant this summer, so there's not too long to wait. Well that's it for the news today, I hope you found it useful and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps. And if you like it, then it'd be great if you could share it with a friend. This Week in Video Games is a Patreon, podcast and YouTube channel. If you're interested in joining up, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames and sign up for some benefits that include exclusive audio, Discord roles, community events and much, much more. Thanks again, I'll see you soon.